0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this Friday morning episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright with you for the hour. It's Roadmap Roundup Friday, and we have some things to round up or round down. I don't know if we're doing math today or if we're herding cattle, but either way, it's going to be a good day. Let's pray our morning offering Together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm Adam Wright. This is Roadmap to Heaven, and it's Roadmap Roundup Friday, and here with me in studio is... Uh, well, I guess from down on the farm originally. Yeah, well. Dean is well, here. Hey,
1: man, it's good to be here. You know, we're already deep into math. We're talking about numerators and denominators, and and, and cattle.
0: We're all over cattle. the place. Yeah, you got yeah, You got to number your cattle. That yeah. way, you know how many you have.
1: But I was just, uh, you know, as you were praying, Adam, and and you know, consecrating our day, I was just thinking. Oh, you know, you know how you, as you pray, sometimes certain phrases just hit you that haven't hit you before. And I was just thinking, everything we're doing today is consecrated to the grace that Mary hopes to bring to everyone through Christ. Everything. And, and, and that's got to be a, just an incredible number of things, right, on her heart. Oh, yeah. That's
0: pretty cool. Can you imagine the fact that, you know, wherever you're at today, maybe maybe you're already in the car, and you're driving to work, and you're going to stop at the gas station. I've been known to do this, to stop at the uh, – well, you could, you could summarize it with two letters, the gas station that I go to, right? <laughs> and I go in, and I get my coffee, and maybe – I might – From time to time, enjoy a donut, right? But how often do we stop and we see someone coming and we wait that extra second to hold the door open for them? Or if they hold the door open for us to stop and say thank you. You know, uh, curmudgeon alert here, grumpy old man. um, I find that that happens less and less, that people, you know. Actually, I think I see more people holding the door now than I have in previous years, but the acknowledging the thank you um and I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else. That someone will hold the door and I'm just like, out the door, I got to go get in the car. Um, and it's like, no, no, Adam, stop and, and say thank you. And that in those little things, you know, we can be building up the kingdom of God just by showing each other kindness and charity and respect for their person In little ways, you know. I I keep thinking, Dan, maybe I'll have a big moment today. And yet, if you add up all those little ways that I miss, it's like, well, what good is a big moment (laughs) because it's outnumbered by all the little things I missed?
1: Yeah, maybe you will have a big moment, right? You know, let's, you know, we're always open to that. But the the reality is that all of these things we do, we do because we are Catholic and we do love Jesus, and this is our way of sharing that and. When we do them intentionally with that focus, it builds the muscle memory that allows us to be ready when the big things do happen. I mean, there are right. moments when people say, "Hey, look, man, I I, I got a question. Yeah, there's a, this, this there is a big be, one.
0: There could be a big door that, yeah, needs, exactly, that needs holding exactly. right there. Yeah. You know, the the other thing I, I try to remember in that, Dan, you bring up consecrating these little things throughout the day. That everything we offer, so from from the way we greet people to the way we treat them in conversation, maybe we're frustrated with a coworker. I'm not. I'm I'm very blessed here. I'm sitting right uh, here, Adam. Yeah. yeah, I'm not frustrated with you yet, Dan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But you know, I've I've worked at places where I'm like, that person, and uh, you have that opportunity to say, all right, I'm not going to let this get the best of me. But do we thank God for those opportunities? Do we do we actually thank Him for the opportunity to say, Lord, you you gave me a moment to be a little polished here. Um, you know, those of you that have been with us all week, I mentioned at the beginning of the week that in the ro- on the road to heaven, if, we, if this show is Roadmap to Heaven, and we're driving on the road, um, I hit a pothole earlier this week. You know, Beth and I were driving. We tried to swerve to avoid it, and we hit a pothole in our uh, marriage. And it was one of those things that, for whatever reason, all the little things, we were just irritating each other with the way, you know, it, it, those of you who are married know this. It's like, you know, the way you're chewing today. The way you're chewing is just driving me <laughs> up. Could you go chew in the other room? Those petty, uh, inconsequential things that we were letting get the best of us, right? And, and I made the analogy, Dan, that uh, my, my son likes to, he's a rock hound. He likes to go out and find rocks. And he doesn't have a tumbler yet, but I've been looking to get him one. And I've learned about rock tumblers that, how do they work? Well, you put all these big, you know, maybe not huge, but they're gonna the rocks you put in are gonna come out smaller. So you put in the the regular size rock with its jagged edges and its imperfections, and then you put the slurry in that's water and grit like you would have on sandpaper. There's just no paper; it's just the grit, and and it's the same thing. It's like eighty grit, sixty grit, one hundred twenty grit, four hundred grit, and you put them in and you tumble them for twenty four hours, and they're knocking against each other, and they're rubbing up against this grit. And it's probably, if you know, if rocks had nerves and feelings, it'd probably be a very unpleasant experience, and yet when they come out of the rock tumbler after the process, you have these beautiful, smooth, polished stones. And sometimes, in our vocations, you and I have the opportunity to be in that metaphorical rock tumbler, yep. so the way people... Are interacting with us it might be driving us up a wall and unpleasant but it gives us that opportunity to be patient or to be humble or to be insert a virtue here and we're better off for it even if in the moment we're like lord why do you have to be putting me through this right now um do we say you know are we like job and we say praise god for this moment of being in the rock tumbler yeah you know uh there was a segment you had on a couple
1: weeks ago about road rage, and uh, it was just a couple minutes long, and it has stuck with me ever since I heard it because it talked about you know the simple question, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? You know, why are you putting me in this rock tumbler? What what, what are you trying to polish, you know, here? <laughs> and uh, and I've applied that since hearing it, certainly applied it to my driving, uh, but I've been able to apply it to other things. And, and I think we all know that, you know, how do you – so when we're in those spots – so now we're in the tumbler, right? And we know we need to be in the tumbler. Um, how do we know how to help ourselves get out of the tumbler? And what I have found is that I make a real intentional effort to be joyful, even if I've got to grit my teeth to do it, right? Even if it doesn't feel authentic in the moment. I'll give you an example. You're going out of your favorite uh, you know, two-letter gas station, and you take the extra second to tell the cashier, man, I am really glad you're working today. I truly appreciate you, right? Just that extra, that's, that's a, a two seconds long. Um, or uh, you're at the grocery store and um, you're you know not going through the normal checkout lane. Uh, you're doing the self checkout, and that poor cashier who's managing all you know eight of those. Good gosh! I mean, they they they've got a job, and you just go up to them at the end and you say, "You're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much." Right, and suddenly they're happy. I'm happy, right? And I, I've started to get out of the tumbler, right? Yeah. You, know, you know, maybe the smoothness is starting to occur or come back.
0: Well, I, I dare dare I say we don't get ourselves out of the tumbler. If the rocks started jumping out on their own, I'd have to take the tumbler back because there's something wrong with it. Um, but, you know, God's going to pull us out of the tumbler when it's time, and he's going to give us the Amen. that we need and and the grace to endure. we got a, a quite a number of things we're going to cover on the show today. We're going to be talking about evangelization. We're going to round up some of the things we heard this week. Um, xboxes and playstations beware maybe you'll be going for a dip in the pool uh, it, it, we might talk about that again um, we're also going to hear from doug barry today on the last of our tips for praying the rosary and i, I believe today doug's going to share with us what the saints have to say about praying the rosary which is always a beautiful thing and uh, we've got some words from father mark goring that we're going to share with you a little bit later on as well but one thing dan and i both know because we were talking about it before the show started it is going to be hot today friends it is going to be hot how hot well let's go to mike roberts for a look at today's weather
2: today is the feast day of saint mary magdalene what do we really know about mary magdalene first of all mary magdalene was not the sinful woman who bathed jesus feet with tears That was Mary of Bethany, sister of Martha. In 1969, Pope Paul VI removed the identification of Mary of Bethany with Mary Magdalene. The first time we meet Mary Magdalene, she is in dire need of help, possessed by seven demons which Jesus drives out of her 12 times. We hear about Mary Magdalene in Scripture. She travels with Jesus as he establishes his ministry, may have helped support that ministry financially. She is among the very few who dare to remain with Jesus when he is being crucified. She is also among the very first to discover he has risen and is the first to actually see the risen Jesus. Today in the Gospel of John, we hear Mary Magdalene in great distress speaking to two angels in Jesus' tomb. Woman, why are you weeping? She said, they have taken my Lord and I don't know where they have laid him. When she says this, she turns around and sees Jesus but doesn't know it's him. He says, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him. Jesus says to her, Mary. She turns around and says, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus says, Stop holding me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. St. Mary Magdalene, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back. I always forget about that podcast that we, you know, we have the saint of the day on podcast. That's a wonderful thing because every now and then I hear one of those and I want to share it with someone. And now I can, but then you put me in charge of hitting buttons here, Dan, and, Sometimes I hit the It's the multitasking. I know. No, it's my fault. I know better. I'm looking at the screen that tells me it's there. All right, so here's the reality. Do you ever have one of those nights where you just can't sleep? And you might be saying to yourself, Adam, I do, but what on earth does this have to do with the kingdom of God and, and the roadmap to heaven? Well, you know, I'll tell you this. When I have those nights that I can't sleep, it's like red alert the next morning that I am going to be grumpy, that I'm going to be crabby. Get out of my way, kids. I got to get to work, this and that and the other thing. And, and if you're like me, maybe you feel the same way, right? You have those nights. So last night for me was one of those nights that I just, I, w- I was about to fall asleep and then I was woken up. You know, and so which is weird to say it like that because I wasn't actually asleep, but I was so close. Something got me up. It it aroused me to wake up, as they say uh, in the what, what's that? Um, the, the Christmas poem uh, went up on the roof. We heard such a cl- arose such a clatter. That's the word I was looking for. Arose. So I, I, I got out of bed right, and now I can't go back to sleep. And all night long, I can't get back to sleep. But what I did was foolish. I just kind of laid there in bed like, well, I'm going to go to sleep eventually, eventually, and eventually never came. So it got me thinking, how often do you and I get to a point in our prayer lives where we're on the cusp of where we need to be? So like last night, I was on the cusp of falling asleep, but then I couldn't get to sleep. We're on the cusp of where we want to be spiritually, and then we just can't seem to cross the threshold into where we need to be. And we just paralyze ourselves. We say, well, I just won't move. I'll wait here until I cross the line. I'm going to wait here. I'm not going to do anything. I'll just wait right here. And hopefully, maybe the line will move, and I'll, I'll just all of a sudden look down, and I'll be on the other side of the line. I feel like that's the devil's trick sometimes, is just to get us to say, yeah, just stay right where you're at. Man, you're not there, but just, Adam, hang out right there. Yep, he, stay, in, stay in that hammock. Don't move.
1: I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of us... Um, are in that spot in our ability to share our faith with other people, right? And we just, you know, it's just so, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward, you know, to, you know, take that next step, to have that spiritual trust um, to do that.
0: What do you do when you get stuck, Dan? Man, um,
1: you know, a couple things. The first thing that comes to mind is that, you uh, I do sort of just slay something, you know, just, you know, find some rhythm that I know is good. Right. And that has worked in the past. Now that's not a panacea. That doesn't always work. I mean, that may, you know, keep you where you're at. Uh, but if, if there's some kind of, uh, intentional daily rhythm that you can get back into. So that's one thought. The other thought is sort of the opposite Go to your board of directors, right? Go to your friends, go to your, your fellow Christians and say, I'm stuck. You know, I need, I need some juice You know, I I need something here. What do you think I should do? You know, can you help me? Is there something we can do together? Can you get me out of this? Um, That's another way, you know, just to share your stuckness with somebody so that maybe they'll, they'll, they'll pull you along.
0: Yeah. You know, I learned something interesting this week because I'm, I'm one of those uh, science geeks. I like to watch YouTube videos about how things work um, and, and why they work. And one I watched this week, the, the question in the title of the video was something like, why do fans always go from off to high, then to medium, and then to low? Why doesn't go off low, medium, high? You know, start from off and then slowly work your way up to high. Is that, right? Is that how they work? Most fans, really? indeed, go from off, off? The, like the box fans or the window fans, uh-huh. not, not ceiling fans. Those, those are a little different. Um, but most of your box fans, ceiling fans, those little desktop fans, I've got one going right now because I'm, I'm a little warm today. Why are we talking about fans? All right, so here's what I learned about that. The principles of the electromagnet and the motors that get the fan blades started, they don't have a lot of initial energy because you're going from stuck you're going from stopped into moving so what they have found in how fans work is if you can give that motor one really good push right up front it'll have the momentum it needs then to keep going and then for the electromagnets to do their thing and keep the fan blades rotating but if you just said well i'm going to give a little push i'm gonna go into Mm -hmm. low gear and then ease my way Mm -hmm. into it it's not going to have the momentum it needs to actually start running. So essentially, think of it like this. Before the motor engages, the one that actually keeps the blades spinning, there's a secondary, not a motor, but a component. We're not going to get into electro, electrical engineering this morning. And that secondary component, it's like in the old movies where you see the guy go up to the airplane propeller and grab it and give it a big spin and then jump out of the way before he gets uh, into the propeller blades. It's that. And if you just give it a little spin, or starting your lawnmower. Those of you that have ever mm. used the pull chain on the, the, the pull rope on the lawnmower, you don't give that a ginger pull and hope that the lawnmower's... You've got to give that a tug. So that's the other thing I found is that when I get stuck, maybe it's time then really to not just ease into it. Mm-hmm. Just to kick it into high yeah, gear. Get get a little radical.
1: I um I think that's why it's so important to make retreats a part of your Christian life. But whether they be, you know, spontaneous, you know, I'm just at the spot and I need to go find, or I know that every November I am taken this weekend to go do this. And, um, you know, Christ did the same thing. You know, he got away. Um, and for a lot of people, uh, this is a radical concept. It, it's interesting in in some of the recent surveys and in our own archdiocese. It is fascinating that uh, we all know that there are these retreats that are available, and we also know the vast majority of us don't take advantage of them. And that could be a radical thing to to do to implement, like you're talking yeah. about.
0: Well, I, I'll leave. A, we're going to go to these words from Father Goring here in a moment, um, but I, I'll put it to you this way: It's summertime. It's almost august it feels like august i mean wow the weather report mike just gave us and we're all probably saying to ourselves i want to go to the pool i'd love to go to the pool right and even on a hot day like today and now they have those uh, what do they call them wade in pools where you don't it's not like you climb down a ladder to get in or you you go down some steps but you go from like not in the pool to halfway in the pool I could never do that. I could never do that. Because even on a hot day like today, I'd be like, ooh, that water's too cold. That water's too cold. But I knew that if I went to the deep end and just cannonball right into the water, then I'm going to feel great. And then I'm in the water, out of the water, in the water, out of the water. Well, sometimes in my prayer life, and like last night being awake, when I feel I'm on the precipice but I'm stuck, it's no longer a valid plan to just put my toe in it. It's like, all right, I want to pray the rosary every day, but I haven't been praying the rosary every day. That's not the day to start with. Well I'll just try and pray one decade. That's the the day to go
3: cannonball
0: and I'm praying the whole rosary today. And and that might mean yeah. I'm praying all four decades to just go and and jump in the deep end. So wherever you're at today, uh, you know, that might be what you need to do is jump into the spiritual deep end, but move. The the point the point is to move, don't linger there. So I was thinking
1: about uh, a moment I had. I was in central Missouri. I was driving my 36-gallon F-150. I pull into the gas station, and I don't know why, but I was just grumpy. I had a dark cloud over my head. It could have been the fact that gas was like $4.50 a gallon. It was going to cost me $150 to fill up the tank. But I had a guy pull up next to me in this beat-up Ford Ranger, and he said, hey, can I have five bucks for gas? And I look at him and I give him the five bucks and I say, don't spend it on alcohol. And he walks into the gas station, comes back out, pumps his $5 worth of gas. He hangs up you know, the, the, the hose and he says to me, I'm a preacher at a local Baptist church. And Paul says in Corinthians, when you give, give cheerfully, and he gets in his truck and he drives away. And I am standing there stunned, right? Suddenly just realizing exactly what we just heard, that when we have a general disposition of cheeriness, people want to be around you. Right. This is this is healthy for everyone. And it's how we are able to articulate our faith. Nobody wants to join a church full of sourpusses. Right. They they, they want they join because it's happiness. Um, So that that moment at that gas station in central Missouri absolutely changed my life.
0: That reminds me of that moment on the retreat doing music and everybody was just it was one of those days. Everyone was like, I don't want to be here. Right. I don't know. I don't want to be awake. I don't want to be sitting in this room. I want to be in my bed at home, not here. And it's like, I've got this joy, 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 joy down in my my heart. No, not today. Uh, so we had, to, we had to get moving towards joy. You know what makes me joyful, Dan, is the wheel of fun. And I think uh, on this Roadmap Roundup Friday, I was going to do a catequiz question, but then I thought we could do catequiz, we could do Bible trivia, we could do name that saint. And there's no better way to do that than by uh, spinning the wheel of fun. So away we go. All right. This is like a new feature here on Roadmap to Heaven, where we're branching out from the catechize to the the wheel of fun. All right, we got to name that saint today. Oh boy! All right, so let's see uh, what saint we've got. I'll pick a good one here. See, I get to see the answers okay, before well, yeah. before you do. All right, hey we'll talk about difficulties and uh, doing things. After many difficult experiences within the convent, within the convent, I set out to find my own reformed convent dedicated to the basics of a contemplative order, a simple life of poverty devoted to prayer. I'm considered the founder of the Discalced Carmelites. We just celebrated Our Lady of Mount Carmel not too long ago here, last weekend. I was declared a doctor of the church in 1970 for my writing and teaching on prayer. And uh, if guessing my identity is giving you a headache, I'm also the patron saint of headache sufferers. Do you know who that is, Dan? Is it uh, St. Teresa of Avila? That is, uh, that's correct. Dan D- Dan Vonderhaar for the win right there. Um, you know, we talk about being stuck today and, and what the devil hates. And this is what I find fascinating about St. Teresa of Avila. When I uh, was putting together these questions for the Wheel of Fun, Um, I don't know much about her. Like, my my St. Teresa of Avila knowledge was limited pretty much to one quote, that uh, she's driving through the countryside driving. (laughs) They didn't have cars. (laughs) She's on her wagon and carriage with the horse, and the wheel gets stuck, and she falls into the mud and looks up to heaven and says, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, it's no wonder you have so few, right? And I'm like, that is a saint I can identify with. But what's going on here? Well, come to find out, you know, of course she wrote the uh all these secrets of the interior life and she struggled she was stuck for a long time when she first entered the convent they're like go go do mental prayer go in the chapel and reflect she's like okay and she'd go to the chapel and nothing friends nothing would come to saint Teresa of avila we'll just keep praying I have to be able to start praying, to keep praying. What's going on here? And then as she uh, continues to follow the call of the Lord, at some point she gets this grace. And now through persistence, through dedication, through choosing, through willing to do it, that even if it doesn't come easy, even if she's not feeling it, even if she doesn't know what she's doing, she's going to figure this out. She's going to do it. She becomes a doctor of the church in teaching us how to engage in mental prayer with our Lord to spend that time in reflection, listening to what he has to say to us. She didn't get stuck, Dan. Nope. She didn't get stuck, friends.
1: Nope. Nope. Got to get out. Um, I love that line, yeah. though. I love that line. Uh, this is how you treat your friends. and No wonder you don't have yeah. that many. That's awesome.
0: All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back from the break, Doug Berry is going to be with us to uh, finish off our week of rosary tips, and then um, Dan and I will be back. I'll be with Doug in a little bit here, and then Dan you will be back with us a little bit after that. Sounds so, good. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Stay tuned.
4: Prayer to the Blessed Virgin. Oh Mary, you desire so much to see Jesus loved. If you love me, this is the favor which I ask of you, to obtain for me a great personal love of Jesus Christ you obtain from your Son whatever you please. Pray then for me that I may never lose the grace of God, and that I may increase in holiness and perfection from day to day. By that grief which you suffered on Calvary, when you beheld Jesus, expire on the cross. Obtain for me a happy death, that by loving Jesus and you, my mother, on earth I may receive the reward of loving and blessing you eternally in heaven.
0: Well, once again, we're going to be talking with Doug Barry here on Covenant Network about, well, this week, the rosary. And it's really been a great conversation about why we should strive for that discipline of praying the rosary each and every day. Now, Doug, I think of a children's television show I used to watch where the host would say something incredible and then follow it up by saying, and you don't have to take my word for it. Our listeners don't have to take your word for it, my word for it today, because we're going to be talking about the saints and the rosary. So it's so
3: great to be with you, Doug. Adam, again, I love this. I just love having the chance to talk about this. It's great to work with you on this. Yeah, this is something, again, we can look at something as powerful as the rosary and we can try to wrestle with it in our own minds as to why I think I should, or I shouldn't, why, how I feel about it. And a lot of times we get a sense of pride and arrogance that I got this figured out. I know I don't need it because I understand it this way. But when you look at the history and you go back to all the saints that made the rosary part of their existence, an extension, I would say, of even their hands, that rosary was always there, and you realize there's a lot of really smart people out there, a lot of really holy people, and a lot of people who've been through a lot more than I have, or maybe ever will go through, who made the rosary part of their lives, and for good reason. You go back to St. Dominic, when you know Our Lady gives the rosary to St. Dominic back 13th century or so, when he's dealing with the Albigensians and she he goes off into the woods and there's this deep prayer for several days and fasting he's trying to figure out a way to deal with this heresy that's going on and really the attack against the church at the time and our lady appears and says if you really want to get this done use my psalter my holy psalter basically she's talking about the rosary and the history of it goes back even further to the psalms and so forth but what we pray now really comes Largely from what St. Dominic received. And this idea, she uses the term battering ram at one point. This is a battering ram against heresy, against demonic activity, in other words, sin and temptation, all these things that seek to destroy us. She calls it her battering ram. This is unbelievable. So Dominic starts to pray this scriptural rosary, which is a little bit different where you bring a piece of scripture into every Hail Mary and so forth. It's beautiful. It takes longer, but it's beautiful. And it's the standard rosary is not doing that, but you're still referencing each of the mysteries, which has to do with scripture. She says, do this. Now, from that point on, We hear story after story. We have the the great Saint Louis de Montfort, and then you move up to even a Padre Pio who uses the term get my weapon. The rosary is the weapon of our times, the spiritual power of it. So you have a Padre Pio all the way back to a Saint Dominic, and of course, de Montfort. You have amazing saints. Saint John Paul II made the rosary such a key part of his life. On top of that, we've got exorcists who repeatedly will tell us that when the rosary is prayed, especially during an exorcism, The demons are so shaken by this. They are rattled to the core by this because it is the power of calling on our lady's intercession. She's the one that will crush the head of the serpent. This is the power of the rosary, which has been deemed. And I love this term, the school of the holy family we're meditating on the life of the Holy family. We're in the streets of Jerusalem. You can almost smell the dust kicked up when Jesus is carrying his cross as we pray the Sorrowful Mysteries. You're thinking of the stable. You're thinking of one of my favorites is the wedding feast of Cana. We're hearing the clattering of dishes and people laughing and talking. And then our lady says to our Lord, they're out of wine. And his response, woman, it's not my time yet. And she turns to the servants as she turns to us, her last words in scripture, do whatever he tells you. This is a meditation from the rosary now that St. John Paul II gives us this new set of the luminous mysteries. This is unbelievable how John Paul II embraced the rosary and even gave the world another set of mysteries to help us go even deeper. So exorcists, great saints, so many have used this, and I will say this since it's the last day we're addressing it. When I die and I'm lying in my casket, if God allows it to be a you know, a viewing of the body, and I say that because we don't know the way we're going to die and whether or not our body is going to be able to be viewed, but the average standard operating Catholic funeral is the body is viewed as most funerals, but for Catholics, the rosary is wrapped around the hands right there on the chest. What I never wanted to happen, Adam, ever, was for my kids' or grandkids' or even my wife, anybody who knew me to come up, kneel down in front of the casket, as we see a lot, or walk up to the casket and view the body, see the rosary wrapped around my hands and have any of them look at it and say, what's that there for? That wasn't him. This is, just, is this just like, a? are we doing this as some sort of token? Why is that on there? He never prayed. The, I didn't want that. I want my kids, my grandkids, I want any of my loved ones, family, friends, anybody to come up and look at the rosary on my hand and say, that was part of his life. That was an extension of who he was. That will go so well for us in our day we stand before God. It will go so well for the legacy we leave for the people behind. If you really want to show people that you love in this world and give them something to console them when you die, Show them you were pointing the right direction. Please, God, pointing the right direction and praying the rosary daily in your life is one of the most powerful ways to show them you're pointing the right direction. That gives them some solace after you're gone. That's one of the best ways you can show your loved ones that you care. You know, friends, I want to go to heaven when I
0: die. I want to be counted among the number of the saints. And mm. Can you become a saint without praying your rosary? Yeah, Sure, but Ever since the rosary was given to St. Dominic, so many saints, too many to name, mm. too many to count right now have said a very great assistance for getting to heaven is praying the rosary. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to get in the car and keep the air out of the tires. If, if I want the car to do better, I'm going to inflate the tires. If I want to become a saint,
3: well, I'm going to pray my rosary. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it boils down to. If we truly want heaven if we want sainthood, let's seek the easiest path there. That's the Eucharist confession, a deep prayer life, meditation of scripture, lives of the saints, and the rosary. I'd put the rosary right up there, mass, confession, and rosary. You make a diet of that, mass, confession, and rosary, you're going to be fine. That's going to get you there. Just make it part of your life. Make an extension of who you
0: are. All right, Doug Barry, this has been an incredible week, and I hope you all out there have been motivated. I hope you are ready to pray that daily rosary if you're not doing it yet. I don't know what more we could say to show you the fruit it will bear. So don't hesitate, don't wait, start praying the rosary. Doug Berry, thank you so much. I look forward to next week.
3: Awesome, Adam. Good to be with you again. Prayer for Charity O my Jesus, thou art very true love, and kindled in my heart the divine fire,
0: Which consumes the saints and transforms them into you. O Lord our God, we offer thee our hearts, united in the strongest and most sincere love of brotherhood. We pray that Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament may be the daily food of our souls and bodies, that Jesus may be established as the center of our affections, even as he was for Mary and Joseph. Finally, O Lord, may
2: sin never disturb our union on earth, and may we be eternally united in heaven with thee and Mary and Joseph and with all the saints. Amen.
0: we are back it is time for the the roadmap to heaven lightning round here because we do want to get you the weather and the daily dose of encouragement before the uh before we run out of time here today so dan i'm i'm gonna just say this in all the things we've talked about today that decision to move is a big one but with that comes trust and as you said cheerfulness you know being a Christian, and I'm a firm believer of this, I've said it a number of times this week, I've said it a number of times this summer, and I, I will keep saying it, being Catholic is hard. You know, If for no other reason than when I was up last night and couldn't sleep, which by the way, when you're tired, isn't that the time that temptation really is like, hello, I'm temptation knocking on your door, you're going to come answer, hello, hello, Um it's hard, And the world would say, well, just open the door. You know, just open the door. Let temptation come in. What's, what's, does it really matter? And, and we believe that it does, that, that turning away from temptation and sin does matter because I want to get to heaven. I believe in God and I believe in heaven. And it's in those moments that it's hard. So to prep for those moments, the cheerfulness and the momentum are so, so very important because it's like one of Newton's laws of motion. An object in motion wants to stay in motion, Yep. and an object at rest wants to stay at rest. So if we can be cheerful and keep moving, I think we're we're in store for something good. Yeah, you know,
1: um, that is just so true. If you want to get in a rut, get in a good one. Yeah. You know, be joyful, be cheerful, and that is how you're going to be able to stay on course.
0: All right. We do owe you one more check of the weather and the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Dan and I will be back with you in just a few moments.
4: A prayer for greater love of Jesus. O my Jesus, thou knowest well that I love thee, but I do not love thee enough. O grant that I may love thee more. O love that burnest ever and never failest, my God, thou who art charity itself, enkindle in my heart that divine fire which consumes the saints and transforms them into thee. Amen. May the sacred heart of Jesus be loved in every place.
0: As we come to the end of the week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, I can't help but think I've got a lot of songs I needed to learn this week, and I'm sure there's another one coming here today as we keep talking about ideas for our children. Patty, what do you have for us today?
5: Well, I've been singing a lot of children's songs to help parents and children learn some scripture, so today I want to sing, sing to you Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16. You are the light of the world, you are the light of the world, let your light shine before men, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, um, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men. You are the light of the world. Those songs are fun. My kids loved them. I'm just sharing them with you because this is what we used to do in the car, but that's how my kids learned Scripture, and I learned it right along with them. So that's the song for the day. But my encouragement for the day, I want to share some great favorite storybooks, Catholic storybooks, Christian storybooks, Stories that you want to read to your kids. And let's face it, if you go to the library recently, you're going to see some books in there that are not what you want your kids to be reading. I was appalled the last time I went to the library and looked in the children's section. And we need to counter them with great, great stories. And there's some great literature out there that you may want to get for your kids. My first favorite children's author is a Christian author. His name is Max Lucado. Max Lucado, look him up. All of his books, You Are Special, You Are Mine, If Only I Had a Green Nose, or Best of All. These stories are about little wooden people called Wemmicks and the woodcarver named Eli. And the woodcarver, of course, is an image of God. And whenever anything goes wrong, they need to go to the woodcarver. It's so beautiful. So Max Lucado's books were some of our favorite storybooks. Another one that I want to share with you is a book called The Three Trees. Look that one up. The Three Trees. The Weight of a Mass is another great Catholic book. And then my new favorite new book that is a favorite of mine already is brand new out by Vianney Vocations called The Unsolvable Problem. And it's by Mother Claire of the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal. And it's to give children an insight into life in the convent. It's a series of books called Little Convent in the Big City. And it's all about Sister Mary Andy and what goes on in the convent and the problem that they have and how they pray and what happens and how God and his providence provides for them. Great lessons, great storybook. So that one's called The Unsolvable Problem by Mother Claire. Again, these are just some great storybooks. I want to share quickly these titles. Go back and listen to this maybe on the podcast if you need these titles again.
0: When we go back to listen to this, I I know I'm going to be having a hard time not playing the pencil drums here at my desk because these songs have been so fun. But I also love the idea of these great books for our children, because as a parent, I know I am always looking for great books for my children. So I want to thank you for these ideas you've shared with us. And as Patty mentioned, if you'd like to go back and listen to this later, well, you can always find it on your favorite podcast app. Just search Daily Dose of Encouragement by Covenant Network or search Covenant Network and check out all of our great podcasts which you can also find on our website ourcatholicradio.org that's o u r O-R-G. Patty thank you so much We are quickly running out of time here i mean we're, we're counting down the minutes to the end of the show so a couple things i want to let you know about um you know if you missed some things there have been some really great things on roadmap to heaven this week go find us on the podcast i cannot stress that enough how helpful that is when you go there and you click subscribe because we do look at the metrics of that and it, it's something that helps us know that what we're doing is helping you And uh, we're always looking for what you want to hear, what you want to know about. Not that it's, you know, cherry pick or Catholicism, because it's not cafeteria Catholicism. But, you know, you struggle with being holy just as much as I struggle with being holy. And if we're all going to struggle with being holy, if there's ever anything that we've broadcast that you want to hear again, go to the podcast. And if there's ever anything we're not talking about, well, send us a note here at the station. If we can figure out a way to make it work, we'll endeavor to make it work. That is for sure um dan probably the biggest thing that hit me this week and listeners you may feel the same way was crystallina everett saying that um you know i told my kids i'm not allowing this in my house it was talking about video games and specifically war video games and if i see this again i'm throwing that video game console into the pool and sure enough the kids were playing it again and sure enough she unplugged the power cord the hdmi cord walked out to the backyard and splash it went in the pool and her kids were aghast and sometimes that's the faith when we talk about move today that that's the faith we have to pray for the grace for that we're not going to be complacent and say well maybe i may, let's think this through i might not want to do that there are times to definitely think it through but if something's holding you back from holiness uh, it's not a time to say well can i find a way to make this hold me back a little less no we want to we want to be moving Towards our Lord. Let's pray for that courage right now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray for God's will to be done in our lives, and the lives of you, our listeners, and all those who need our prayers as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, next Monday morning, we've got a great opportunity. We're going to be doing an international interview with some seminarians from St. Louis who just made the uh, Camino pilgrimage, the Camino oh. de Santiago in from France to Spain. We're also going to be talking about grandparents next Tuesday and NFP Awareness Week and more right here on Roadmap to Heaven. Until then, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Dan Vanderhart. Pray your rosary today.